0: back here again okay let me uh let's get into it (laughs) yeah sorry mate (laughs) that's all right sorry Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer SC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm all right, thanks, man.
1: I think I'm a bit under the weather.
0: Oh, dear. That's that? the shutdown. The lockdown light, they
1: call it. No, I just think it's probably being a man in November. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> this is it. This is the end. <laughs>
0: oh no <laughs> end it all it's all too much
1: oh uh, I've got some sniffles it's over for oh, me oh
0: no no but yes listen I have I've got to say considering we're on lockdown in Berlin the lockdown doesn't feel very locked I was out yesterday went for a bit for wonder and a lot of places are open um like cafes are semi-open a couple of shops and I like that because it doesn't feel overwhelming or oppressive. Like. I know the places are shut, but it just—it just feels like a kind of, feels like a Sunday.
1: Yeah, I went for a little bit of a walk just quickly last night before the second Champions League games kicked off, and mm. that was quite weird because everything was shut on my block apart from one spatey. I mean, you do live in the anyway.
0: excuse me? No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I just—I live—I do, I do live in a slightly livelier, livelier part of town. It has to be said. <laughs> what are you
1: talking about? <laughs> Never sleeps up this way. I mean it always <laughs> sleeps <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how are you anyway? Good, good. When's your cooking channel starting? <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. Oh my can I say
0: actually, this is the thing. I'm not I'm not absolutely fine because I'll oh, know we, really Well if we're gonna t- if we, look I get to ask how you are, then vice versa. So just very quickly, all I'll say is that <laughs> That thing I cooked the other day, I do have to dial back on the spices because there was a lot.
1: Yeah. There was a lot. It was big. It was a big deal. The whole of the internet knows. (laughs) The two major events that people were following this week was the uh, US election and Moose's spice updates. Cooking adventures. (laughs) Not even like NBA desktop spice. Just Just actual spice. Yeah. Actual spice. But yeah, you're hanging in there. You you survived. You rode it out.
0: Yeah, I'm very good. I've got some cupcakes, a couple of cupcakes in the chamber, so I'll be fine. Oh, look at you. Sadly. money in the bank sweet goods absolutely
1: <laughs> sweet, sweet money in the bank uh well before we get on to today's show i want to say obviously we hope everyone's doing okay it's a pretty gnarly week for a lot of people and mm. um yeah. yeah, i always feel a bit weird when when stuff like this happens because we're in europe and it can be a really really stressful time for people yeah we yeah. hope everyone's doing all right yeah and um Like we mentioned last week, various parts of Europe are now into lockdown as well. So if you're in Europe and you're locking down, we hope it's treating you not too dreadfully so far. We'll try and do a few things for lockdown to help, I don't know, just kill some time. Maybe like we did the first time around. We actually did post a playlist on Wednesday night, which we made on Spotify. It's just a quick 20, 20 tune, two hour, bit of a switching off playlist even if it provides some background music. If you follow the Stadio outros on Spotify, you'll find it in there along with all of our other playlists. Maybe we should do another Stadio session soon as well. Yeah, I think so. I think Try yeah. and keep people company. Yeah. Is your piece up yet for The Ringer?
0: It, uh, it's going up. It's going up. Um, It'll
1: probably be up by the time you've heard this, right?
0: Uh, yeah, it should be. It should be, yeah, yeah. Peace back, Real Madrid.
1: Yeah, nice. Check the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Also, his right House episode two went up on Wednesday. It was <laughs> very, very wholesome. Yeah, it was great fun, yeah. You were on that with Jeanette Quache and Ian Wright. It was his birthday, yeah. It was his birthday, yeah. It was a really good episode. Much needed, smiles. Spent the whole time listening to it smiling. Oh, that's great. That's always important. I'm trying to think if there's any other admin, Musa.
0: Um, you think. No? No, I didn't, there is actually. No, that's we're
1: good. It. That's it, yeah, we're good, we're good. All right, then, so today we're going to do a Champions League Episode again, guided by the questions. Let's do it. Like the questions guide us through this murky nonsense. Let of, us feel our way using the force of Champions League catfishery. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we'll get into it after this.
2: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty-five thousand When to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
1: All right, man. Oh, God. We're going to have to start with Man United again, aren't we? Oh, no. We don't have to. No, we don't have to. I mean, we probably should do. No,
0: we don't have to. Really? Yeah, we don't have to. We're going to buy like Real Madrid Inter. It's a classic.
1: It's a classic fixture of
0: European football.
1: Are you saying that Basak Shea, Manchester United, wasn't a classic fixture of <laughs> European football.
0: Yes, I am saying that. Do you know what it is? It was a classic fixture and it was a classic win for Basak Shea. So from their perspective, I want to talk about it from their perspective. And Demba opening goal is brilliant. Do you know, it's funny, like, so Demba has obviously scored two of the most pivotal breakaway goals in recent football. One was obviously the Chelsea one against Liverpool.
1: Before we go on to Denver Bar, marie Lewis said, not a question really, but can we talk about Denver Bar? So yeah. I just wanted to oh, acknowledge her, her, her question before. Good. So getting,
0: I wanted to talk about it from Basak's perspective and also Denver Bar's perspective. So he is an excellent finisher and he has just had a great career, has pretty much always shown up on and off the field. I mean, even with the whole thing about when the French doctors came out and talked about Africa as a place for like testing and vaccines, and Demobar just came straight out and was like politically just on the case and was brilliant, mm. really impassioned, talking about racism, how it affects Africans even now. So he's someone that's like stood up off the field, but on the field, two of the most memorable breakaway goals of recent times, and in both cases had a lot to do. So look at the Chelsea-Liverpool, the breakaway for the 2-0 at Anfield that basically started Liverpool winning that year. He had a lot to do after like getting through after Gerard's slip. And here, yeah. when he gets the through ball, The chest control, the first touch on a halfway line. And it doesn't get, it's not getting enough props. I'm seeing the commentary. That first touch that takes it away Mm. from the defense is outstanding. A great finish. And he's like 35 now.
1: I mean, to be fair, he could have done a couple of kickups and still had a clear run at goal.
0: Yeah, you say that, but the the guy was gaining on him and he he was really clever the way he used his body. Like there's something about when you go through on goal as a striker, the experience to get your body between the chasing player uh, and the ball. Um, And I just think when Denver Barr retires, he is going to have the best arrangements. Of, he's in the best load of stories, of the best like old boy meetup parties, because he's played like everywhere, right? Like in really interesting regions of the world as well. Like what, Istanbul, <laughs> Shanghai, Newcastle? London. I mean, yeah, I mean, wow. Denver Bar, man, respect.
1: I he's in great WhatsApp groups.
0: Yeah, exactly. I bet it's like, oh, Denver's, do you know he's like? I think he's like Jeremy. Yeah. When Jeremy went to, Ch- yeah, like he's like, I think he's like one of football's uncles there are so oh, certain- yeah. we need to do an uncle 11 <laughs> we need to do an uncle oh, my goodness <laughs> football's ultimate uncles the kind of uncle that's like always brings sweets oh how are the kid's doing you know always checks in Someone like javier zanetti who's more of a dad energy but still like be a great uncle too
1: yeah javier zanetti is the guy who's always in control of the grill that, no oh my goodness that's so he never delegates that
0: is nailed on that's nailed he on
1: never that's, delegates the grill you cannot go near it if we have
0: any <laughs> listeners from argentina i just say <laughs> the culture of grilling so we have a guy on our team martin martin like when he grills you cannot go near our football team no. you cannot go near the grill for 45 minutes it, yeah. it's, it's just off it's absolutely
1: it's like an enforced like radius barrier as well uh, yes, like, uh, yes no no no, no, no. Whoa, whoa, you're too close go away
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah you're right Javier Zanetti definitely has don't touch the grill energy um, <laughs> don't touch my grill so, yeah, um,
1: <laughs> all of my hey, grill that's basically yeah. how he played for <laughs> yes, years it's true actually don't touch my grill This is my Like the whole right flank was his grill get away from it that's um, so good, <laughs> <laughs> so, good.
0: <laughs> um, but, so back to Denver back to um Basicshire so they won 2-1 against Manchester United and Shot size job is <laughs> again called oh, into question.
1: Oh, no. another week, another fixture. In the words of Jay Diller, another day, another hustle. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, look, this was a, a great win for them. I'd the take away from that. Huge result. And United just looked a bit shapeless, a bit formless. Bruno Fernandes is in a slump, I think we can safely say, and has been in one for a while. He did not play well. Well, when you he lost the ball 34 times, wasn't it? Mm What's wild about that? When, when, I, when he plays with Mata, I actually normally like that because Mata gives order to the chaos and Fernandez kind of runs wild. And I think actually, you know, we saw an element of how that works against Newcastle, but against teams that are not so respectful and with a midfield that's not that mobile, you get blown away. And when you play with Mata and Fernandez, Mata not being obviously that mobile, none of his fault, and Fernandez, who doesn't have the kind of tactical, you know, he likes to wander and likes to take risks. If you've got those two in the midfield, then your other midfielders have to be absolutely incredible positionally and physically. And you have Matic there. And actually, Matic a lot of heat. But it's not a player's fault for being picked. The same wasn't Fellaini's fault for being picked. It's just the wrong configuration of players. And that was never going to work against the team that puts pressure on you. It was never going to work.
1: Jermaine Genus made a good point on, on BT Sport afterwards, where he was saying... Um this is kind of what managers do when they know they're struggling or trying to save their job is that they they try these different configurations cuz he mm. switched back to a 4231 right with Rashford playing left
0: he did but the problem was not so much the um it wasn't the problem wasn't the formation it was the personnel you have Fred and anchoring, anchoring field. that's one thing we got Van der Beek and Matic as a double pivot Van der Beek's not a dm not his fault. he didn't play badly but Matic you you've got to have legs behind behind um matter you have to have legs behind him. It doesn't work otherwise.
1: There's too much... Yeah, and that's made. one thing McTominay does give you. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of, one of many things, actually. I think McTominay yeah, yeah. gets a Gives little bit many. of stick unfairly. Yeah. But um, are we going to talk about the defending for the first goal? I oh, We don't have to, but we can. There's some quite lovely metaphors flying around. We had a couple, right? Yours was open borders.
0: Yours was free jazz.
1: Which but I then thought. I doubled down on that after and said, uh, I reposted the video and said, Manchester United's defending is pure modular synthesis.
0: (laughs) You have to explain that because I saw it and I thought that looks amazing but I need to actually talk to him about what that actually means.
1: Well, I then followed it up saying I do realise that the crossover between football and modular stuff is probably quite small. So modular synthesis is essentially a way of electronic synthesis but using separate modules that you can connect together and patch by cables. It's essentially a, a signal and a circuit that's triggered and it goes through each module and it kind of comes its own thing. So for example, if I sat down here with a modular system yeah and created something, it would probably be impossible to create it again. Oh wow. You know? Okay. So because it's all dependent on the circuitry and depending on how big your modular setup is, you know, each time you turn a knob or a dial or or patch something, because you have like a little patchboard there so you can patch it with cables. It changes the circuitry and the, and the kind of the formation of where the signal travels, and therefore it's really hard to to make the exact same thing again. So it's just kind of like, meh. you know, it's like, <laughs> it just goes. You know, it's just it just goes, and it's and it kind of becomes its own life form. There were a couple of people who were like, "Are you a modular guy as well?" And I was like, "Well, well, yes, yes, like, you are. I've dabbled, but like I, like, I already collect records. I don't need to then start." Do you know what's so Getting funny? Getting into modular gear, because I'll, I'll never get a girlfriend ever again. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: it's funny because you, <laughs> I love this so much because <laughs> when I saw the defending and hear an explanation, I was like, it definitely became its own thing.
1: Yeah, well, it this is it, became, like, yeah. The thing is, you've got like, each Man United player there is essentially a module, but someone has triggered the signal and just turned all the dials and it's all over the place. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Do you know what I love? Do you know what I love about
0: electronic music? Actually, I've never heard anything which is so structured, sounds so shapeless. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it takes talent. It takes talent. It takes talent to create something as shapeless as what we saw from Manchester United. Like you, to coach a team and to tell everyone to do a certain thing and to have them disintegrate that early. It, it can, or it's almost by design. It's almost by design. And here's the thing as well. I don't know if that configuration of players has played together before, I don't think that, you know, Matic and Van Der Beek with Fernanda, with, with Fernandez and, Ma- and Mata, that is a completely, that assortment doesn't work, right? Mm. It doesn't work in any context. And it's not Matic's fault. It's the way it does. It doesn't work that way. I mean, it would have made more sense to have Pogba there because at least Pogba's played alongside Matic consistently and knows what he likes to do. It would have been. And weird. I actually
1: don't but hate Pogba in a double pivot. I don't hate it. I don't hate I it in certain contexts,
0: yeah. Yeah. Certain, yeah.
1: I think in a game like this, in a fix like this, I think it would have been okay.
0: I think more legs, yeah, yeah. More legs. Yeah. Maybe, but ultimately, yeah. yeah, I
1: get what you mean, yeah. Matt Limerick says, can Musa? I don't know, why, why Moussa specifically? Wow. What's your beef, Matt? Wow. Hey, it's listen. Sent, sent for me. Got a good mind not to read this out. You know <laughs> it? Uh, can Musa suggest a tactical setup for Manchester United that incorporates their best players and their strengths and why isn't Oli using it? Wow. Thanks for that, Come on then. I'm going to moose Jose Mousinho.
0: I actually think that he's already used it. He used it against Newcastle. And I don't think that actually. I don't think Paul Pogba on current form is in Manchester United's best eleven on form. Hypothetical, but the best United I've seen so far is still the Manchester United Newcastle. That's still the best one because the balance of everything was right. I think that's the best eleven, and I think that Pogba has to do is that well. without
1: Vanderbake as well.
0: Um, he came on as a sub which is and there's no shame in that there's no shame in, there's no shame in coming on as a sub and making a difference there's a lot of push right now for Liverpool to get Diego Chota as a regular starter but I think well I don't know I'm a, I'm a, I think sometimes people like get distracted by shiny new toys and exciting new players but mm. there's no shame in being part of a great rotation and easing yourself in over time uh, the diamond looked good for United I do like that I like Pogba in that so if you're absolute peak form I think you start with Martial and Rashford up front with Pogba the left side of the diamond um, and then van der Beek at the top of it or Fernandez, and just let him take risks and then any one of like Fred and McTominay the other two just sort of shuttling midfielders
1: I have a question do you think that yeah. United could play three in midfield with Fred as the as the six? Is Fred good enough for that? I don't think his passing is good enough what if he's flanked by, say, Fernandez and van der
0: No, Fernandez is too off the grid.
1: If See, this is a problem for United, because they've got like a lot of decent pieces that fit into one system or another, but rarely together. Coaching like,
0: fits that. Yeah, coaching fits that, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, for example, because I, I was thinking, well, what would a midfield say look like if you had Scott McTominay as a six with van der Beek and Pogba either side as the eights? The
0: problem is McTominay hasn't got the positional
1: Exactly. So shame, you've got all yeah. of this, you, so you've basically got, oh yeah, Fred's got a little bit of this, McTominay's got a little bit of this, and Matic's got a little bit of this, which kind of ties you to playing either a double pivot or one of them in a diamond, which also is more, is, so the, another player in the diamond is more conservative.
0: Yeah. Or Pogba just reinvents himself one summer as a ridiculous DM.
1: This just is goes, right. I was going to say yeah. this, you know, because I, I think he has the skill set to do this if the right coach gets in his ear, I think he would take on a lot more responsibility and wise up. Like uh, Carl Anker always says it about how Pogba invites, it's like he invites the the pressure Yes, and he doesn't do that great under pressing, which is what you need a six to do. But I think he's got the tools to be able to do that. I just think he's not used to playing that position because he's always had someone next to him who is that kind of role.
0: He's a funny one. I think with a guy like him, you either, you put him at the base of midfield or the very top. I'd almost have him as a second striker and just be like, run riot, run riot as a kind oh, of, wow. yeah, because if you look where Pogba has been devastating, the way he humiliated Kimmich against Germany 2016 out on the flank, when he isolates anyone one-on-one in the final third, he's devastating. I would just go, you need to have as many touches as possible in the final third. And like after each training session, after each match, be like, Paul, why didn't you touch the ball 30 times in the final third? And be like on his case, like oh my god, but I was losing. No, no, I don't care. Get in the final third and stay there. I'm not interested. No excuses. Oh, I only, you only shot twice today. Oh, sorry. But no, 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 no apologies. Shoot four times. Get your shots off. And like basically, like completely. You see what Gerard was when Gerard played off Fernando Torres. Pogba could be that. He could mm. be that. He could be that tomorrow, actually. And if he was that tomorrow, he'd be devastating. But it's got yeah. To, yeah. But I think he that, needs that's a coach, what, man. That's he needs what I a coach that's
1: going to get in his ear. That's what I do with him. Let's move on to the other game in that group really quick. I'd be Leipzig beat PSG two one and deserved it. I thought. I thought PSG were. I mean, two red cards. The Kimpembe one was so super I, weird. If I was Thomas Tuchel, man, I would be going absolutely berserk about that. It's a really immature red card. That you
0: I know, think. it's funny. You could have, and that's it's so weird. I was thinking about this because of the weird way that the players are behaving. You could have two elite coaches on the market this summer.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Can you imagine that? Tuchel and Pochettino. That's a gen- two generational coaches out for hire. And he looked frustrated in the press conference. Yeah. Afterwards. He I mean, looked he did, so yeah. oh. I
1: mean, they were without Mbappe and Neymar, but still. Sometimes PSG's ill discipline has really cost them over the last couple of years. And it's the one thing. I think it's, it's almost like, it's a bit of arrogance. It's a bit of boredom, I think, to a degree.
0: I think Bordham's a good... No, I think that's a really underrated point. Like, the front three last night was definitely good enough to win. Sarabia, Kane, Di Maria. That is a very good front three.
1: Moise Kane's been good. Like, and he was good on oh God, Wednesday so as well. So and he just fun. looks like he's landed somewhere nice. Do you know what? If, 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 if Tuchel goes, then I think they go for Poch, Ex-player as well. And actually, of all of the huge clubs, I think that makes more sense, for example, than Juve did.
0: I mean, it makes so much sense from a personal and professional perspective. You know, you know, the great thing is they'll just let him do his work.
1: Yeah, I think they will because of, it, because of his connections to the club. They'll let him do his work. Yeah. yeah. But Leipzig were good, man. Yeah. They deserved it, I think. And they could have actually had more, but that group is really livened up now.
0: Can I say this about Leipzig quickly before we go on? At their best, what I love about them is the interplay because they don't have volume goal scorers. They don't have like a Lewandowski or Holland, So they rely on the quality of their play in the final third. And they're as intricate and as impressive as anyone. Danny Olmo looked great and Tuna mm. Kunku was fantastic the way that they move is so impressive and Angelino too. It just combine so well and that's, that's Nagelsmann. Nagelsmann, that Leipzig squad is, it's funny, it's, it's uh, simultaneously underrated and overstretched. Like, they are performing above their, uh, like a lot of coaches, most coaches in Europe could not get the performances from that Leipzig team than he can and it's mm-hmm. funny because you've got two of the best set of defenders in Europe at the moment, not in the best of form, Kanata and Epamecano but that's a kind of, that's a cyclical thing. But he's got some really exciting pieces there. And I just think, weirdly enough, one more goal scorer, they'll go over the edge, but we'll see. We'll see with that. Uh,
1: let's quickly do Group G. Barcelona 2, Dinamo Kiev, uh, Kiev 1.
0: Funny game, this. Strange watching. There was a moment watching a messy free kick that made me feel quite sad. Beautiful save by the Kiev goalkeeper. Uh, and the free kick just didn't have that power. And the commentator, the way the commentator called it was like, yeah, like perfect placement, but just, you know, lacking the, and it was like, he didn't, he said the power, and I know it was just like a freak, it wasn't hit hard, but it just felt like he was saying like lacking the power of old. Oh, and every, no. every time I see Messi and Messi doesn't score from open play, I just think Messi's in his later years. Even, you know, even though he, he was actually pretty good the other day, he wasn't. Yeah, was I, good. I
1: actually think he's been playing okay. Yeah,
0: I think so. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Um, um,
1: I just think with this Barcelona at the moment, I think it's just until they can figure out something that really genuinely works, as long as they win, that's all that they can really hope for at the moment. Bush gets hanging on, man. Hanging on. Hanging on in there. He is, he is. The other game in that group, Juve one one in Budapest against Ferenc Varos. Two for Alvaro Morata. Yeah, the second goal was a glorious one.
0: And he's onside. There was a, there was yes. a moment, bless his heart, there's a moment. He was running through for the first goal and you saw him holding his run. He was like, I not know. again.
1: You could see him. Not this time, VAR. <laughs> God damn you, VAR.
0: Oh my gosh, two horrible, identical
1: um, mistakes
0: by the Ferenc Varos keeper for Dybala's goals. To the point where Dybala actually looked apologetic after both of them. After the second one in particular, he was just like, almost, I'm sorry, but Like you could see him like,
1: yeah. yeah. I'm, into, I'm into headband D- uh, Dybala, you know. I think I love this guy,
0: man. I think, he just, yeah, um, me too.
1: He looks, he looks about 14 years old though at the moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <He> always, <laughs> someone had a great tweet. Someone said, how is it that um, Torgan Hazard looks younger than all the teenagers playing for Dortmund? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Dybala has the same thing, like a Michael J. Fox type energy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a you really know? good shout. Yeah. Um, well, Barca, are top of that group, played 3 1 3. UVA second on six points. Those two are going to go through, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's qu- speaking of Dortmund, they beat Bruges 3 0 in Bruges. Light work, light work. We need to talk about Erling Haaland. Okay, so Erling Haaland scored 14 Champions League goals in 11 matches. To give you a rundown of the players that he's now scored more goals than, this was from a tweet from BT Sport. Carlos Tevez, Dimitar Berbatov, Wow, Radamel Falcao, Olivier Giroud, George Ware, Romelu Lukaku, Michael Owen, Diego Costa, Christian Vieri, and he's played eleven Champions League games. I think it took Ronaldo and Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi. I think I think it was Messi was thirty. I think it was thirty two games. Well, apologies if the numbers wrong. I know it was early thirties for him to score twelve champion uh, fourteen Champions League goals, and Ronaldo I think was in the. In the yeah, 40s? because
0: it's weird because both in their scoring accelerated Messi and Ronaldo yeah. once teams are built around them. But Haaland's scoring is astonishing and it's not that it's not like this. this is an easier era. He's genuinely I I don't know how any more people have to hear this, but he is absolutely the real deal. There's a moment he scores his first goal and he was so determined to score that goal. It was like he wanted to throw a tarpaulin over mm. himself and just smuggle and smother the ball into the net. Like he will And the thing about him is he's not the thing I love most about him as a footballer is he's not vain. He, he's not too vain to score the ugly goal. And oh I yeah, he lo- just wants I to score. Love, I love that. Because he will score yeah. the floated chip and he will score the, you know, when he fakes the keeper to the ground, he will score the 30 yard, mm. you know, crossbolt. But at the same time, he'll go in and just hammer it in from two yards. Yeah, so he was great. And what I love about this, what I love about Dorman in this game was, you know, they put this game to bed early, very early. Yeah. Done in half an hour. Shout out to us before I forget. On on for any any Bruges listeners, Club Bruges, that player you've got there, Emmanuel Dennis. Oh, that is a beautiful. This man, the footwork, and the guy's like what early twenties. I was like, I was looking. I was like, this this guy. There's got to be some heat on this guy. There's got to be some interest on this player because he's he looked super impressive.
1: A lot of players come from that club, you know. Like I mean, Munio playing against his old club as well. But um, and that's a really good win for Dortmund ahead of the Classica, well, uh, Dortmund-Bayern on the weekend. You got a prediction for the Classica?
0: <laughs> I'm no fool. I'm no fool at all. Uh, and it's funny because um, it's weird though. Bayern, Bayern are looking resilient. I hesitate to say they're looking transcendent because Salzburg gave them a great game. But Salzburg gave everyone a good game, actually. When Salzburg are up for it, they'll rattle anyone. It's hard to draw conclusions. No predictions on this one. Um, I've learned my lesson.
1: I've got a feeling. Oh, no. Oh, I know, no. I know. I'm not going to publicly announce it, though.
0: Oh, no. I can feel I can feel the energy. Yeah. I can feel yeah. the energy. No, let's not yeah. do it to ourselves. Let's not do it.
1: Oh. Uh, the other game in that group, Zenit drew 1-1 one, one with Lazio. Zenit's goal was gorgeous. It always sounds like there are about a million people in the Zenit stadium.
0: Yeah. Awesome
1: the top of that group which is good considering they had that disappointing loss in, in Rome to Lazio I mean Lazio is still struggling with about what was it 15 COVID cases or something oh, like that yeah. yeah they're second on five points Bruges on uh, third on four
2: this episode is brought to you by State Farm
1: Something quite serious. Yep, yep. I'm going to let this question from Jens on Twitter do the talking. Is it time to press the panic button on Atalanta and Inter already? Especially because of how good Milan, Sass and Napoli have looked. So Atalanta were absolutely demolished by Liverpool midweek.
0: They're officially in trouble. Yep. The finely oiled machine. When your plan A is so good that you've never needed a plan B or you haven't needed a plan B for a couple of years, and people start gaming the system
1: mm. when they Ooh, start nice. gaming the
0: system. Yeah. That, that's what hap- That's what's happened to them. Like, uh, and people keep springing the trap. People have seen it now. Sampdoria have seen it. Napoli have seen it and Liverpool have seen it. And the, these are all very similar defeats mm. for Atalanta, which must concern them. And even against Ajax, they struggled, went two down. People are hitting them early, hitting them hard, hitting them in transition. And they've got so many players, the line is so permanently high. Like they've just all been trained to like play forward, play forward, play forward. It's the opposite of United, but United actually don't play forward enough from the defensive midfield area because maybe it's not good enough at it yet or whatever. But Atalanta, their greatest strength has been exploited um, and become their greatest weakness. The desire to always play forward, the desire to always have the high line and to play a sort of 0-0-10, <laughs> you know. Um
1: and they've conceded 15 goals in their last six games in all competitions. And one of those games was against Crotone when they only conceded one. And one of those games was a clean sheet against Midgieland.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a there's a problem there. I mean, they do have the resources to go out and get an amazing defender, a couple of defenders. And it's funny because I look at Leipzig and just go, ooh invest in one or two of those players. Well, invest in like Konate or something like that. Invest in someone that covers a load of ground. If you're going to leave that many, that much room in behind, you need incredible one-on-one defenders. And it's something you can, they can do it.
1: Mm. Um, but yeah, they need a rethink. Well, they got, they got Inter at home on the weekend. See, I think that's a to, massive game. Yeah,
0: I think with them, it's personnel. I don't think they're going to change the style they play, which is fine but your recruitment in the defensive area just has to be of an elite level.
1: Hat-trick for Diogo Jota. That's great. Hey, you called it though, because I said, would he start wide? And you said, no, he'd come in for Firmino. And he came in for Firmino. And he did really well.
0: I like him there, yeah. I just like him as a link player and he can finish. He's just a great footballer.
1: We had a question from The Biz on Twitter. What does Club do with Jota now? What's their optimal 11 for current fit players? And what do you think the prediction, well, predictions for Sunday against City? I don't think he'll play on Sunday. Actually, I don't think he'll start.
0: And I like that. What's that thing of the Dre the mm. Dre line? Like, just chill to the next episode. Just chill. Like <laughs> everyone wants <laughs> shiny new pieces. Oh, start the shiny new piece. Mm. I don't know. Like sometimes just keep. It's nice having that option. When Vanderbit came on, was brilliant. Um, for United against Newcastle went back to the bench. I was like, no, that's great. That's how a squad works. When United won the treble, they had those four brilliant strikers in rotation. That's Solskjaer and sharing them on the bench. Imagine social media now with United, they'd be like, oh my goodness, why are there these two players on the bench? Because that's how an elite team works.
1: It was like the Arsenal game the other day when they saw the starting lineup of Eleni and uh, Partey in midfield and everyone was just replying to the Arsenal lineup announcement tweet just being like, what the hell is going on? Everyone was losing their mind and then as soon as the game finished, yeah, exactly. People scrambling to delete yeah, exactly.
0: tweets. For tweets saved us drafts. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like the digital equivalent of shredding. I shred <laughs> the exactly. documents. Just quick, quick, quick. They're on their way. They're <laughs> on their way. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: they turn up and there's just no one there.
0: <laughs> I don't know for some reason why the, the idea just popped into my head of like ravens leaving Winterfell with this, please delete the tweets, delete the tweets. Raven smuggling <laughs> smuggling drafts out of Winterfell. <laughs> we never supported Amazing. the Night King. There's no evidence. <laughs> get out, get out.
1: <laughs> I always thought Bran should start. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> up top. Bran up top. <laughs> Ravens can't melt still be. <laughs> Oh man,
0: we're ridiculous! Oh my gosh, we're ridiculous!
1: I, I, you're ridiculous. I just joined That's in. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that Winterfell Ravens football Twitter analogy. Like, I like that a lot. You can imagine just Sean Bean being like, "The lineups are in. <laughs> can you imagine
0: the communicator official <laughs> brought yeah. in by Raven? Can you imagine
1: that, John Snow at DM? <laughs> <laughs> it's a double pivot." <laughs> That would be amazing. You know, that's... We've now got... A, if there's like a comic relief thing one day, or sport relief, they have to do a Game of Thrones football... Because we know we're going to do that. You we know we're going to do
0: a Game of Thrones 11 now.
1: Oh, God, we are. We are. Oh we're going oh to th- no. Game of Thrones. Oh, <laughs> shit. We did
0: football in the wire. We have to do football in Game of Thrones. We have to. It's actually ridiculous that we haven't done it, to be honest imagine if the mountain at centre back (laughs) nobody wants any parts of that
1: let's do it oh no now i'm thinking about it it's perfect anyway let's do it football and game of thrones yep okay right so liverpool are good huh this is a massive was this a statement win (laughs) (laughs) people have latched onto that god it's like another week another propaganda message (laughs) statement victory Everyone's going after the Republicans man. It's like they want to be going after you. You're <laughs> the most dangerous. You're like, like the Black Roger Stone. Not- <laughs> <laughs> so, like not even it's not even subtle anymore. It's just like get, yeah, stay hydrated <laughs> lads. Broadcasting
0: <laughs> platform. <laughs> Yeah,
1: eight and none. Well, they laugh it up by conspiracy theory nonsense.
0: Statement victory, statement victory. <laughs> People beating their cousins at Connect 4, statement victory.
1: <laughs> yeah, Musa says it's a statement victory. Uh, that, they're not even playing Connect 4 anymore, they're playing Connect 8. Connect 8, eight, connect eight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, we're ridiculous today. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm good because I was really groggy when we started and this has cheered yeah, me up a lot.
0: Statement victory, um, I think definitely. Uh, look, Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool are managing the chaos and I, I think I put this on Twitter where it said like Thiago and Diego Jota are almost the two players most perfectly suited or thriving in the chaos at the moment Thiago has come right in and just has looked immediately at home and mm-hmm. Jota now three pivotal performances Sheffield United West Ham and Atlanta. like essential yeah. in all three really phenomenal um, so yeah congratulations to him on the way he's just come in and looked amazing there's a great quote from him someone going are you playing the best football of your career? And he says, I'm playing the best team of my
1: career. And he was, that was like, a great he's like, quote. He's
0: like, I've been that guy. Yeah. You know, I'm that, I've am that. i been that guy for a while. I loved that.
1: Um, shout outs to Ajax, who we were managing a very kind of problematic period of COVID cases and are now second in the group on goal difference. Yeah. Let's have another question. See, oh, okay, here we go. It's saving this one. Well, we had one question from Jason De Bruyne, he just said more Ajax, I like that, it's like the football equivalent of more Cowbell. More
0: Ajax, more Ajax.
1: <laughs> okay, it's time Musa. crack your knuckles. Let's do it. We have to talk about Borussia Mönchengladbach.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: I take your statement victory and I raise you a 6-0 in Shakhtar.
0: Do you know what, do you know how that was a statement victory? Because I got an excited text from Sasha, one of my best friends in Berlin and indeed the world, amazing human being. Sasha's birthday recently, happy birthday, Sasha. And he got a 6-0 victory and he was so excited. We were exchanging texts about it. And if you look at Gladbach's performances, this is the one that I think got him most got Sasha most excited. Because ever since I thought the turning maybe it was the two two against Inter, that was the beginning of it. But ever since then, they've been in a sort of little run of games where they haven't won every game, but they've looked so impressive. They've been the best team in each of those last four games. Two draws, one against Inter, one against Real, win over Leipzig, huge win, and this win now against Shakhtar. And just so impressive, so fluid in attack. Player to Do you know what they remind me of? They remind me actually, weird enough, of if, if, if his dad's team, Palmer. Mm. This Gladback team have very much sort of Palmer UEFA Cup late 90s energy where. They just played this beautiful, fluid style and it was as much about the collective as the individual pieces. And it's so nice to see players like Kramer thriving, Christoph Kramer who had the injury trouble that kept him out of the World Cup final, Hoffman, Zakaria is just a great player to have in that squad. I mean, they've got, Gladbach just have a gorgeous football team. And I've said this many times, if I had an, a men's team in Germany, it would be Gladbach. They are just a joy.
1: They're a really lovely football club, Gladbach. Yeah. Um, and the thing, the thing I really loved about this was when players hat trick goal went to VAR and then it got given Taram's response they were stood right next to each other and Taram looked genuinely over the moon and picked him up I love it and I just thought that there's a really really great chemistry between that that group of players yes
0: it's really special yeah
1: there's a very good vibe around Gladbach at the moment yes very much so very much at the halfway point of the group stages, they are top of a group that consists of Shakhtar, Real Madrid and Inter. And to be honest, they should be further out in front. They
0: should have won all three.
1: They should have won all three. I'm really excited about the final three games in this group. I I think actually, in terms of a group, this is my favourite group to watch at the moment because Gladbach faced Shakhtar next at home and if they beat them at home with Inter and Real Madrid playing again, they're going to pull further out in front and they could very, they could give themselves a cushion then. Yeah. Yeah, which would be massive because I could see them picking up, I could see them beating either Real or Inter in one of those final two games. And if they beat Shakhtar, I think that's all they'll need.
0: Dream scenario, we get a vaccine, Champions League games have some fans back and Gladback gets some of the atmosphere for a late run. And it becomes Mm. a kind of, they're just a delightful, delightful team to watch. And just to have them having some people supporting them would be amazing at some point this season because they're just playing glorious football. And Rosa is getting, it's funny. This isn't this, this I don't think this will be Gladbach's best season, but this is some of the best football I've seen Gladbach play. And this is maybe the best Gladbach team I've seen since arriving in Germany. It just has so many, it's it's the balance. That's the thing. It's the balance Mm. of players. You have, you have, I mean, we didn't even mention Neuhaus. Neuhaus. That's I'm man, like,
1: Florian. God, the puck. My boy Florian. They have, they have like... Lars Stindl, the captain, was, was unbelievable. was Yeah. They just have these guys who are just consistently seven out of ten. Yes. And these people are... It's the natural Montreal theory. Do you know what I mean? They never get super hyped because they're just consistent. They have these consistent players with a little bit of like magic up top but all of them can chip in with some individual brilliance when they need to. Like we saw it with the the Neuhaus thing a couple of weeks ago the past. Lars Stindl steps up numerous times. Christoph Kramer, even though he got a deflection, but he can step in and show some responsibility. We've seen Marcus Teram absolutely destroy teams out. over the last year or so. And the same with Alessand Player. Like Player getting him out of trouble at Leipzig last year with that unbelievable goal. You know, even like Ben Zabaini. Ben Zabaini oh my
0: God, he's that guy is a don.
1: They're deep. Like their 11 is deep, like in terms of, of, of quality. And playmaking.
0: Yeah. They can all come, they can all combine. They yeah. can create something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I just, I I love Marco Rosa as well. I mean, we've people who have only found us since we've come to the ringer. This has been my agenda. It has. Yeah. For a long time now, just serious Marco Rosa thirst in a sporting sense. And in romantic a romantic sense. Aesthetic <laughs> sense. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah,
1: But very much so. Beautiful man. I mean, I was joking in, uh, in the Writers' House WhatsApp group the other day, saying, well, on Wednesday, saying, uh, oh, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? Saying, I'm going to start the the, man, the Marco Rosa to Manchester United. It's just like, you know that meme where it's like the guy with the butterfly? It's like, me, Marco Rosa to Manchester United, or whoever's. <laughs> fly, fly, little rumor butterfly. <laughs> but weirdly, we had a question from Leon Hopkinson who said, if Solskjaer were to lose his job, would Marco Rosa be a viable candidate alongside Maurizio Pochettino? Now, my exact words were, and this is a little bit mischievous of me, I think Manchester United should go after Marco Rosa. I don't think Marco Rosa should go.
0: That's exactly what I would say. I would agree with that. Absolutely. Like what he's building at Gladbach is something so exciting and it's so organic and there's such a humility there. If you look at the Gladbach players, they remind me of, I could imagine turning, you could imagine turning up to Gladbach's training ground and you'd bump into some of their biggest players and they wouldn't tell you they were footballers. Yeah, They remind me the kind of people you meet at dinner party or something and they wouldn't tell you, oh yeah, I work I work at the Athletics Centre. They wouldn't tell you they played up front for Gladbach. Like they're, they're really humble. And why would you leave an environment like that, a town like that, a club like that, to go to United? Because you you wouldn't deserve. Here's the thing: you wouldn't deserve all the impatience, aggression you'd get. You wouldn't deserve any of it.
1: He's on Dortmund's shortlist, apparently. Wow, Why I'm he? not sure how I feel about that. But to be it should honest. be on everyone's. He should be on everyone's shortlist. Yeah, I don't think Marco Rosa needs to go to Manchester United yet. I just don't see what it brings. Me neither. Him. I think Marco Rosa is one of those guys who. He doesn't have the CV to command the respect that someone at Manchester United would need just to restore a bit of order. Right, exactly. That's, Do you know yeah, what I mean? That's absolutely right. Even though he's brilliant, those Manchester United sides have played against Poch. They know what he's like. They know how difficult it was to play against his sides. Even though Poch hasn't won a trophy as a manager, I think he could command that kind of respect. Yeah. Uh, quickly, we didn't talk about Real Madrid into Real Madrid beating into three two without Romelu Lukaku. Uh, Sergio Ramos scored his. 100th goal for Real Madrid. <laughs> Just frankly wild. Is that the most, is this the most Real Madrid victory ever? Yeah, 2-0 up. pegged back to 2-2. Martinez and Perisic getting into back into it. And then Rodrigo with 10 minutes to go.
0: No, but no, but no. Let's actually, this is the most Real Madrid victory ever. Okay. Benzema capitalizing on defensive error. Check. It's like Real Madrid bingo. Ramos towering header from corner. Check. Fleet-footed Brazilian winger. Scores. Brilliant winner check it's like this could have happened this result could have happened at any point in the last 10 years around Madrid (laughs) you know like an algorithm created it and of course against a great European rival I knew Inter were in trouble when Conte rocked up in a tracksuit do you know this is if we're talking about clothing we're going to get into that I mentioned this on Twitter those PSG jackets they were wearing the oh my god I didn't find them I went on social media couldn't find them went on their website couldn't find them they were wearing these kind of like light blue long down jackets, the subs are wearing strong. them and they looked next. I mean, I, expect to, I fully expect to see one of those in a Benzema Instagram story at some point. One of his boys...
1: just Isn't turns, Benzema an Addy guy though?
0: No, but one of his boys will turn up just lounging in the background. Yeah, with maybe. The boy will just be in the backlight with the whole full length. And I'd be into that. I'd respect that. Yeah, but this is a really good game. I'm really glad I watched Real. Um, Inter. It, was a, it was a really fine game actually. Very
1: I'm enjoying watching Real Madrid games this season because they're kind of they go from being like really shit to genuinely amazing in the space of like a few minutes.
0: But in the piece that I wrote, I said, I argued that actually you could argue that in each game this season, with the exception of the Huesca game, the 4-1 victory, Rail have been the least interesting of the two. They're like the straight, yeah. they're like the straight man in the comedy, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like
0: in Batman, the antagonist is always more interesting than the protagonist. And that's mm-hmm. the dynamic of all their games. They're basically Bruce Wayne turning up to every fight. They've got the least interesting chat but they end up with Mm. the the win and this is how they are this year which is a credit to them because they're just super resilient
1: actually I mean they're just Real Madrid aren't they it's what they do they always house always wins let's go to group C quickly Porto beat Marseille 3-0 Marseille were dreadful V S Boris was not happy afterwards not at all afterwards at all Uh, Manchester City two late goals beat Olympiacos 3-0 but a fairly uneventful game I thought. yeah yeah actually. uneventful
0: yeah, yeah, yeah although playing out from the back is the occasional I mean the occasional comedy but that's just playing out from the back you get those now and again those sort of self-destruct moments that City have
1: it's got to be a football comedy coming one day called playing out from the back surely
0: oh my goodness we've just lo- we're giving this stuff away for free I know
1: right oh god oh well do you want to do group A quickly Locomotive Moscow 1 Atleti 1 I think Atleti Deserve to win the game. Couldn't really get it over the line. Draw. Gael, Felix. Great. Gael Felix went, he looked very gnarly. Look I'm really enjoying Gael Felix this His season. His
0: footwork is just, oh my goodness.
1: He's starting to basically, I, I tweeted like, I know we had that thing about Anakin last week, but he's actually genuinely starting to believe, or you can see that he's like, oh, actually I am this good. Yes. He's starting to realise how good he actually is now.
0: He's a player they should just never sell. You know, don't make, don't no. make the mistake of the Urzal. Don't, it's like Urzel, the same way Ozil no. should have never been sold by Rail. Never sell Joao Felix. Yeah. Make the player happy. But to be honest, the fee they invested, it suggests that's their intention not to sell him, but we'll see. And there's
1: a really nice relationship developing between him and Simeone as well. Yes. Like Sim, they keep cutting to Simeone for reactions when Joao Felix does something amazing. And you can just tell that Simeone's just like, this kid is...
0: Do you know what I love? It's that with the limited amount of the ball he has, he creates so much. Oh, he's, he's, tactically, amazing, he's tactically out of this world. He's out of this world. Like shout out to the kind of the scouting division who understood exactly how he'd fit into a Simeone team. Like the metrics they must've run and the amount of money they paid and they must've sat there and been like.
1: He's worth yeah, it. Yeah, he's
0: like. worth it. Like because he's the guy that will knit together an ultra defensive team and make them look vigorous in attack. I think Jar Felix is actually underrated.
1: Oh, there it is. There we it is. We got him, everyone. We got him. We got him. him. Got him. <laughs> Two weeks from now, we'll be trying to turn him into a number eight. <laughs> oh my goodness. Actually, no, no, he's not an eight. The other game in that group, Bayern's destruction of Salzburg 6-2, which wasn't really a destruction because Salzburg were in it till what, 10 minutes to go.
0: Can I say there's no more adorable sight in world football than when Lewandowski scores the late goal. When he finally gets, when Lewandowski gets on the score sheet, his face. Wow, everyone else was having fun and now I get to have fun too. And he, lo- he
1: looks... About but I mean, he got he got the penalty early on. But though. it's like
0: with the open play is different. Like his face, yeah. his face is just... Because, you know, when he scores from open play, is different. The way he celebrates, the way he like rocks with it is so funny.
1: Very strange game this because I think Salzburg can take a huge amount of positivity and confidence from this game because they were genuinely really, really good. Yeah, they were. And then Bayern just pulled away from them four goals in the last 11 minutes.
0: Their scouting is amazing. They just keep finding like great lineups, great players. Like, they're, 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 you can mm. see why Jesse Marsh is of interest because they're such a great, they're like a perfect playground for coaches with innovative ideas.
1: Mm. Bayern, top of the group, Atleti, second, Locomotive, third, two points behind Atleti, and then Salzburg, bottom of the group. And uh, let's quickly do Group E Chelsea, three, Ren, nil. Two penalties for Timo Werner. Uh, too many penalties, man. Actually, shouts to Grace Robertson. She she literally tweeted that there's too many. There are too many penalties at the moment.
0: I thought Leipzig got unlucky. I thought Palmerkano got slightly unlucky with the one that hit him.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I agree.
0: But then there was PSG with a guy like basically caught it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the one for the the second the one for um, the second penalty, like Dalbert got sent off for it for a second yellow. He basically gave away two penalties and got two yellows. But yeah, the yellow for the second one. Was so harsh, I thought.
0: Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. I mean, they, they both were, I, I see what they're given, but it was like, I mean, Chelsea were good. Chelsea, Ziek looked really good, actually. Yes. Super sharp. Super sharp. Could and should have scored, but I mean, doesn't rematch in terms of the flow of the game. He's a big asset to them. Really exciting
1: player. Uh, Chelsea haven't conceded a goal in five games. There we go. Really impressive. Since they drew three all with Southampton, they've not conceded a single goal.
0: Thiago Silva's look good. And also Ziyech gives the attacking thrust in the final third that, you know, like it's a cliche about defending starting from the front, but he occupies defenders in a different way. And just his movement, his quality takes pressure off the whole mm. of the rest of the team.
1: I mean, they got a bit of luck, obviously, with the penalty, the second one specifically, but I think this was a really impressive win for Chelsea because there was no Kai Havertz. who tested positive of COVID before. And Renner are a good football team. Yep, yep. It was a cruise for Chelsea. And actually, since they have started getting everyone back fit and the new guys are settling in a little bit, yeah. they're starting to look really good. I'm still not 100% sold on what their best system is mm. and how Lampard can really do it from a tactical perspective against the top. But when you've got ingredients that good...
0: He is working with elite pieces. That yes. pick, look, let's, be, let's be real about that. The Chelsea team has good enough pieces. It's
1: next level in ability.
0: To win the yeah. Premier League, to win the Champions yeah. League. It can. There are there are coaches who would look at that squad and be like, I could win everything with this. Yeah, It is that good. And that is the challenge. That's the standard to which over time, maybe not immediately because they're integrating, but over time, that is the standard to which Lampard should be held. You should be mm-hmm. expecting a Premier League title with that squad or a Champions League. They're good enough. They're just simply good enough.
1: Yeah, talent-wise, they've got yeah, it. They do have it. Uh, the other game in that group was amazing Oh my Sevilla God. 3 Krasnodar 2 <laughs> Sevilla are uh, I think they're catfishing but they managed to stave off accusations of catfish for another week because they came out with the win but 2-0 down after 21 minutes put it back to 2-2 and then eventually won the game after Hazer's Navas was sent off in stoppage time in the end of the first Rakitic half Rakitic
0: with a gorgeous header to start the comeback
1: I'm glad he's back there, you know.
0: There's very Roy Keane energy, that header, the comeback, like 2-0 down to get that header. Yeah, I'm glad he's back
1: there. It was a really important win for Sevilla, that, because they could have been in trouble in that group if they hadn't. If Krasnodar had beaten them, yeah, then they would have been level on points with them at the halfway stage. But as it is, Chelsea and Sevilla looking good in that group. Yeah, yeah. We've done all Champions League, I think. Wow, that's good. good outing. Pretty fast, do actually. Yeah, I know, right? Let's finish on a couple of questions. First of all, we need to talk about Vivian Medema, who got four in the Conti Cup game midweek against uh, London City. And whilst not the most elite opposition that Arsenal will face, just need to shout out Medema again, because she is a Don.
0: Do you know what's funny? Do you know who she reminds me of, actually? And it's funny because um Ian mentioned him on the Righty's House podcast. Robbie Fowler. Like... Mm. Miedermann never patronises the opposition. That time, it reminds her getting four goals in the Conte Cup reminds of the time when Fowler went to Fulham and got five. Oh, I, think it was, I think it was at home or away, I'm not sure, but he scored all five in a 5-0 win. And like when Van Basten got five against Malta, all five in the qualifiers. And it's like, mm-hmm. there are just those strikers who have that ability to reset after every goal. Mm-hmm. This is a really random reach, but it was the qualifiers for the Champions League, I think, and Liverpool playing against, like, I think, Total Network Solutions or something and Gerard Oh, big shout for TNS and, and Gerard turns up I think Jarvis scored a hat trick and he turned up and the the Total Network Solutions players were raving afterwards they're going it was absolutely amazing he turned up he didn't patronize us he was world class he gave them the full Gerard and what I love about Meida mm. is she gave that team the full experience and sometimes a thrashing is a compliment right and it's a compliment someone brings their A game to you they don't just mail it in which you could expect them to do get a couple of goals and go off she actually Every time I see her, she's fully locked in. And that, in a weird kind of way, is a compliment to the opposition, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like, there's no, there's no half-stepping with Minamar. Yeah.
0: So there we go. A complimentary thrashing.
1: <laughs> is that like a cathartic defeat in the yeah. state of victory?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> what the it, it, the, uh, shout out to the No Donks crew, who were formerly the starters. I think they came up with the term the gentleman's sweep in the NBA, which is the 4-1. Oh,
0: I love that. <laughs> that is so good. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) They're great, those guys, man. Women's Super League returns this weekend and it's Manchester United against Arsenal on Sunday. Spicy. 1pm. It's a big game that because Arsenal are top with 15 points. Everton and Manchester United are second and third on 13, having played a game more than Chelsea. A win for Manchester United would take them above Arsenal in the table, which is wild after six games. Yeah, full rounds of Women's Super League fixtures this weekend would recommend everyone checking out the Women's Super League, as we always say, because it's a bloody great league. really is. All right, let's finish on this one from John Larkin. Will Stadio be having a work Christmas party? (laughs) Oh my goodness. And if so, what will the ideal choice of menu be? Basically, we might be the only people we could have Christmas with this year.
0: That's true. Do you know what? I think there might be some roast elements going on there because not being able to go back to the UK...
1: Oh, dude! If we if we have to stay here for Christmas, we're going all out English Christmas dinner. Yeah, do a vegan option, do a meat option. Yeah, get some friends around
0: and we can yeah we can go we can go vegetarian, we can go vegan, no problem. We can do that too. We can do both. Flip the script. Loads of great menus out there. and Plenty of time to get the dishes sorted. Do some Ugandan stuff as well. Watch Trading Places. Yeah, Christmas movies and sweaters. Oh my god, my Christmas sweater! I started wearing in November the other time. My curtic energy. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. I think we will do a Christmas dinner this year. We'll probably do a drunk podcast as well because we managed to do one last year, and that was but everyone noticed. <laughs> we basically had a Christmas dinner with some friends before we all went home. With that Georgian Christmas restaurant, yeah, the Georgian. Yeah, place. we went to a great Georgian restaurant in Prenzlauberg in Berlin, and we had to record the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that we were putting up the next day, and we were kind of hammered. Yeah,
0: people could tell. There we go, peek behind the curtain
1: true pros there you go everyone true pros should we get out of here let's do it check your piece on the ringer.com forward slash soccer make sure you check righty's house as well yeah yeah uh, anything else
0: um, do you know what with with all the kind of turbulence at the moment just honestly just take care of everyone difficult
1: time yeah stay well everyone yeah, for Sure, for sure look out for each other look out for yourself yeah. yeah if you want to get in touch stadiofootballgmo.com you can tweet us at stadio or at stadiofootball on instagram and we're playing out this week by Victor called American Dread have a great weekend everyone stay well take care see you on the other side see you on Monday